This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Small Biz America. The Brain. Dr. Brenda Shoshana is a psychologist in practice for over 25 years, a relationship expert, award-winning author and speaker. She's offered more than 500 talks and workshops on all aspects of personal and spiritual development, building uplifting relationships, and ways of developing authentic peace of mind. Joining us on the line from the Enlightened Living Institute, Dr. Brenda Shoshana joins us. Brenda, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. As you work with individuals, you're speaking with groups, you're working with clients, as we're sitting here together in mid-2010, I wanted to get a sense of the zeitgeist out there. What are people's fears about right now? Oh, I think right now, unfortunately, the fear is deep. You know, there's tremendous fear of economic difficulties, losing one's job, and terrible fears about how they're going to proceed, how they're going to be secure, what's happening with the government, uh, what's happening even in relationships, because people have become very defensive now and kind of retracted in many ways. Defensive and detracted in their re- in their interpersonal relationships, business, or, or 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 all of the above. I think I think in all of the above. I think there's a feeling when one doesn't feel secure, one kind of pulls back a bit and tries to go backwards or not to reach out as much, not to take as many chances. Uh, there, there's a, a desire to reestablish one's equilibrium and balance, mm. and and so it's instead of kind of going forward and reaching out and trying new things, the opposite. Seems to be going on right now. Well, and you know our audience is comprised mostly of small business people, entrepreneurs and the like. Oftentimes they're faced with the challenge of getting up in the morning and doing this brave thing called small business. And you've written a book around this whole idea of fearless. When you talk about moving towards a a fearless approach to life, what does that look like? Well, uh, well, the first thing I want to say is that being fearless doesn't mean never feeling fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, People say that and they say, well, uh, it's important to feel fear so I know what to do and I know how to protect myself but I want to make an important distinction between feeling fear that's appropriate and handling it in a constructive way and that's great and the kind of fear that overtakes us that becomes a part of our being it becomes it creates catastrophic expectations it creates a sense of hopelessness and weakness you know actually fear is a toxin and when it invades our life it, it 
prevents us from seeing things clearly and making appropriate choices. Mm, you're really so, t- yeah, I'm sorry, please continue. No, no, no. I was just going to say, so the book, the work and the book is really about ways of letting go of that kind of fear so that we can be present and available to whatever is needed in the moment. The distinction, there's fear is a, a real uh, feeling we should have. It's okay to have it. Is there a constructive way to use fear? The basic thing to do, I wouldn't say to use fear. I would say if we learn how to release fear from our lives, and because most fear just digs in, it comes from the unconscious, it, it, it really paralyzes us. So a lot of the work in the book is teaching people how to let go of that feeling of fear. And with, the more you release and let go of the feeling of fear, then when there's a natural cause for fear, well, when you need to be alerted or you need to be vigilant, you'll just know. Your body will know. You'll know viscerally and you'll be able to take appropriate action. But the more you release the actual emotion, the energy, the feeling of fear, the, the safer you'll become. Another of the themes that you work around, I know, is um, around the idea of Zen. Uh, what came to mind and popped out for me as I was prepping for this conversation was the Zen miracles. Tell us about this. What is a Zen miracle? <laughs> that's, that's one of my earlier books. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, a Zen miracle is getting up in the morning, opening your eyes, breathing, uh, putting on your clothes. You know, we look for miracles, and there's a popular phrase, I want it all, give it all to me. And from the Zen miracle point of view, we already have it all, but we're just not aware of it. We're not aware of the endless miracles and opportunities and uh, possibilities that exist moment by moment. So in the Zen literature, it says, carrying water and chopping wood. What a wonderful miracle. Mm-hmm. Just being alive. It's such a miracle. I mean, we really don't know how we got here. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's causing the beautiful day to come or the leaves to bloom. So from a Zen miracle point of view, we just really appreciate that, are present to it, honor that. And then the harmony, the larger force of life will bring to us what we need and guide us in the right path. Well, what a wonderful light to shine on. Uh, <laughs> those of us who get up, uh, well, might tend to get up and already be thinking about the tactical chain of events that need to happen in order to equal some sort of goal that we've set for ourselves in business. Right, you know, that's right. That's, And, you know, I guess it's very important to have an intention and a goal, but it can be, it can strangle you to, because you may not be aware of that all the things you're really looking for are right in front of your eyes, but just coming in in a, a way that you might not be expecting. Do you have clients that are very, very driven? They're entrepreneurs, and you know our audience is mostly entrepreneurs. They're, they're driven in what they do. Is there? How do you prescribe that they balance this awareness, the ability to see the miracle in every moment, and, and yet still find satisfaction in the achievement of growing a business? Is this well, you know, possible? That's, that's such a beautiful question because I'm also growing businesses, you know, and I love to grow businesses. And I think it's like having a baby. It's like giving birth and watching or planting from plants in the garden and watching them grow. But the the thing is, it's wonderful to have the intention. It's important. But you have to be aware that there is a larger energy, a larger force that guides the ways of men, that guides the ways of, of, of success, that guides the way of everything. And so... When we become more present and less, not not less driven, but less thinking that it's all because of our personal will that things happen, Mm. 
then we can relax more, we can be more open, and usually much more successful as well, because when we're too driven, too tense, too tight, when we feel our personal success is at stake, then we can really make a lot of mistakes and not see many beautiful things that are right there to help and support us. Which is interesting. It kind of circles back to fear. Doesn't fear kind of kick in at that point? Or it can, I suppose. Well, it does, and you know, and so there's a wonderful way to work without making it all about ego. You know, many, many people feel, well, if I fail, I'm a failure. If I make a mistake, I'm worthless. I failed. I'm nothing. But we have to really understand that it's completely natural to make a mistake. It doesn't mean you're a failure. I mean, and if you have a great success, that's lovely. But when you become too attached to success and failure, then we really live a life of fear. We're here together with Dr. Brenda Shoshana. She's uh, the founder of the Enlightened Living Institute. The website is www.drshoshana. It's S-H-O-S-H-A-N-N-A dot com. And, of course, uh, those of you listening uh, on iTunes can go over to smallbizamerica.com and uh, look for Dr. Brenda Shoshana. It'll be posted there. That's a lot of uh, spelling to do for a URL if you're you're driving. (laughs) And, you know, a very good, an easier one is just www.becomefearless.org. That's the basic one that I'm using Oh, becomefearless.org. All right. Yeah, So, And is Fearless the uh, latest of your books? Uh, Yes, it is the latest, and um, it combines the seven principles of peace of mind, the fearless, the seven principles. And these principles are eternal, universal principles that apply to all people in all ages. It really shows you how to move through your life, but with a sense of steadiness, with a sense of purpose, but also with what I hope to call authentic peace of mind. Mm. Can, you know, can I say one thing in terms of the businessmen, too? When we're too focused on the outcome of our efforts, that causes huge stress and fear. Mm. So the best way to succeed is to do something 100% fully with your full heart and mind and let the results happen as they may. In other words, really be present with the process. Exactly. And take pleasure out of the process. Mm. And take a sense of fulfillment out of the doing and out of the giving. And whether well, what comes back is almost not your business. If you do your very best then it's up to the universe to do what it does, too. I love that. I love the surrender in, in, in that idea. You know, we also, in small business or in life, I mean, living creatively, I, I had a conversation, uh, we did a segment a couple of days back, and we subject of courage and creativity came uh, to light during the conversation. Do you have any insights about the creative process and being present and sort of that theme? Well, yes, because... You know, these principles of peace of mind, they really open up our creativity because basically, ultimately, all of us, every single one, have endless, endless inner resources and are very creative. And the only thing that stops us is our fear. And, our dis- and we, have to, we feel we have to receive approval from everyone. We have to do the tried and true way. We're afraid of sticking our neck out and trying something that might be goofy, that might be unaccepted, that, that's something new and different. Well, creativity comes from doing that and allowing yourself just to play, to be interested, to be curious, and not to be so addicted to the need for the approval of others. Mm. Now, that's an addiction, and I deal with it a lot in the book. 
ways of letting go of that craving for the constant approval, which never brings satisfaction anyway. Yes, it's it's an unsatiable appetite, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, it really is. And the more you get, the more you want. It may feel good for a little while, and then more, 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 more. But uh, but when you get pleasure and a sense of well-being from just giving yourself a hundred percent to to whatever it is that you're really doing. That then that, that then that really is much more fulfilling than this endless craving for approval from others. I wanted to spend some time, spotlight the work you do around the practice of meditation. Of course, all of this might point to being in the moment and achieving a, a level of presence that is sometimes difficult in a complex modern world. Mm-hmm. In someone's life and in their professional endeavors, how is the practice of meditation uh, completely transformational and how do you use it in the work you do? Well, yeah, I've been practicing a Zen practice for about 38 years. And I don't know how I'd even be here without it, frankly. I mean, it's really, really, really given me my life in so many ways. So it has been tremendously transformational. I sit. That's called Bidikosazen sitting. And in doing so, you simply return to the heart of who you are over and over and over again. And, and it does help so much to be present and to learn how to let go. Things float up as you're sitting and you get to see how things come and go and that everything doesn't have the importance that we normally give to it. We just allow life to come as it comes and to go as it goes. We become so much more able to enjoy change. You know, that's another big cause of fear is change. People think that change means loss or that change means failure. But when you're meditating a lot, you kind of become so aware of the larger flow of life that change becomes very interesting and wonderful to behold. And it's not something that you're fighting off and that you're so afraid of. Just in terms of the the approach to meditation, do you recommend for someone who wants to, to get familiar with the, the idea of sitting. How, how do you, what's your prescription to, for them well, to, to dive in? Well, I would say, you know, you can read in many, many books a little description how to actually start to sit and practice. But then I would say it's really, really beneficial and almost essential to find a group, a, a Zen center. There are, there are endless numbers of them all over the country so that you can have instruction mm. with a teacher and that you can sit with others. You know, it's really necessary and very, very supportive to practice to have some others to sit with. It keeps you going and you share a lot of strength and energy and you balance each other. And and if you do a deeper practice and get more committed, especially then as well, it's really supportive and important to have others to sit with. So I would say you could read instructions in a book and start on your own and practice a little bit, but I would ultimately recommend that you find a center that you feel good at. They're all different kinds, and believe me, there are so many different energies at the different centers. Find one that you feel comfortable at and go. Dr. Brenda, you're doing a lot of workshops, talks, speaking. I imagine you have one-on-one sessions with clients. Tell us about the scope of work you're doing. Well, I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of speaking. I do workshops, as you said. Um, I do seek individual patients. This has been my life for many years. Mm -hmm. It's like chopping wood and carrying water, and I love it. I I feel good because I feel that everybody who comes to me is my teacher Mm -hmm. and teaching me how to grow more and give more and love more, and I'm grateful for that. Um, I just started a new workshop program, which I particularly am loving. It's called the, The Disowned Self. 
welcoming him or her back home. And people are really loving that one. I mean, that's really about the courage to be who you are and um, finding those parts of ourselves that we've really rejected and pushed away and getting in touch with them and integrating them into our lives. And when you speak about the creativity and the the joy in life, that usually is locked up with our disowned self. So it's pretty simple to welcome him or her back home, and it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying these a lot because it's a lot of fun. It's like seeing people's eyes just sparkling and um, just being in touch with all that's possible for them. Oh, I love the idea of that. I can see it as you describe it. Now, you're located in the New York area, of course. Uh, I'm in Manhattan, right? You're in Manhattan. So uh, are you doing any work that, uh, you know, with the telephone bridges and so forth so that folks can tap into you or understand we have an international audience? Well, you know, I am beginning to get all the technology set up so I can do this online with, with the Skype and with the um, online webinars because there are so many people who cannot get to Manhattan. So I will be doing that. I certainly will be offering that. We're just getting all the all the you know the systems set to go on that. Wonderful. And so the website, as that evolves, and of course we're here in the end of uh, June 2010. Where would folks go? Is it uh, your drshoshana.com or no? The better one is to go to becomefearless.org, and you can write to me directly. Let me have your email address, so I'll make sure you hear of what's happening. Um, and my email is topspeaker at yahoo.com. Terrific. So just send me an email, and I'll put you on the list, and I'll subscribe you, and I'll keep you informed of all the new things that are coming up. Fantastic to spend time with you. I'm sure we'll do it again. Dr. Brenda Shoshana has been our guest. The Enlightened Living Institute is uh, the universe she runs in and works in. And uh, what a delight to have you. Um, and, and a very different kind of segment for Small Biz America, which uh, I'd like to do more of. So, um, oh, thank, thank you. It's been great to be here, too. And, um, and, and I, let me just say to Small Biz America, the more you breathe, the more you release, the more you feel at ease, the more wonderful things will come. Thank you, Dr. Brenda Shoshana. We'll do it again. Thanks for joining us on the program. Thank you, David. Small Biz America. The Brain. Online at smallbizamerica.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.